This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 9th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. I don't know if you know this. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're just watching this for the first time. Maybe you're watching on YouTube, but I, and you don't know me, but I'm telling you that God made plans for you before the world began. And if you allow God, like if you let him, if you start to align yourself with, with the plans and the purposes that God made for you before you were born, you will live an amazing life. And as you walk out, because God is the God of progression and not regression, then forward ever, backward never, the best is yet to come, greater is coming for you. So I've been teaching this series for a while. This is part 43. Actually, I've been teaching on faith and patience like for a long time, but this is part 43 of this series. And the title of today's message is God will help you escape. We serve a God that, that even when it, when it seems like all hope is gone, God will help you escape. Hey, God bless you, Pastor Mo. Adam Morrison, I love you, man of God. In Korea, I just wanted to say I love you. Thank you. I thank God for you. I appreciate you. So listen, God will help you escape. Today, I'm covering 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 19 through 29. And so let me tell you what happened in this passage. We've been looking at passage after passage after passage with the life of David. And I don't know, when I got to this thing, man, I just got excited. I got fired up. So let's cover it. You ready? So this is what happened. Remember yesterday, David is in the woods. Uh, Saul is trying to find David. God, uh, Saul's own son, Jonathan, breaks away, goes to David, provides him a word of encouragement, provides him a word of confirmation. So Saul's own son said, man, don't even worry about it. Don't worry. My dad is never going to find you. You are going to become the king of Israel, and I'm going to be right there to support you. That type of word of confirmation and encouragement is amazing. And then in today's text, as we keep going, Saul keeps looking for David. And then some men from Ziph, uh, they visited the king in Gebeah, right? And so some men from Ziph, where David was, they knew where David was in the woods and they take off to visit King Saul. And they say to King Saul, this is how people are. People are just some conniving people. They go to King Saul and says, hey, Mr. King, we know where David's hiding. He's in the strongholds of Horesh on the hill in Hakila, which is in the southern part of Jeshimon. Now come down, O king, whenever you're ready. And what we'll do is we'll catch David and we'll bring him over to you. Now, the men were right. David was exactly where they said he was. And Saul got excited. He was like, man, finally, I'm going to be able to capture this man. I'm going to be able to kill this man. And he really wanted to kill David. He got really excited. And then the next thing that he said really kind of bothered me. It just rubbed me the wrong way when I read it. So the next thing he said, here you got man, Saul. God is no longer with Saul. The spirit of the Lord is no longer with him. And he has to like, he's trying his best to kill God's anointed. And then when these conniving people come and say, hey, we know where he's at, he said this, the Lord bless you. Oh, that bothered me. Uh, that, I don't know why, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. He said, the Lord bless you. You know, like that religious jargon, you know how people just, they'd be like some conniving, backbiting, I mean, people. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I got a scripture on the bottom of my email. No, come on, man. 
don't come to me with that. Like, like your audio got to match your video. You know what I'm saying? And so he said, the Lord bless you. Like, like, like he was walking. It wasn't even walking with God. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said it this way. He said, you know what? These are people that they're, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Don't let that be you. All right, so let me keep going with the story. So then Saul told the men, he said, listen, go check again. I want you to make sure that he's there. And, and because listen, this David guy, he's very crafty. So I want you to make sure that he's there and come back and tell me. And then if he's there, then I'll go with you. And I will try, if, if he's even in the area, I will track him down and I will find, I will search every hiding place in Judah, right? So Saul had a plan. He sets the plan in motion. They go do the thing. They come back and they say, let's go. And Saul and his men, they take off and they're chasing David. And David found out that Saul was coming. So he takes off. And he goes to the Arabah Valley, south of Jeshimon. Uh, but, and he thinks he's like far enough away from Saul, but Saul is relentless. And Saul keeps going, and Saul keeps going. And so David goes further and further to this place known as the Great Rock. And he remained there in the wilderness of Maon. So he's there in the Great Rock. The place is called the Great Rock. And then Saul comes, and Saul didn't give up. And he keeps pursuing David to the point where, and I love this part. It's almost like, I tell you, the Bible's better than the movies. They get to the point where David and his little men, 600 men, and Saul and all of his men are on opposite sides of a valley. So you got two mountaintops. It's almost like, like remember the, the, the movies, the Westerns? It's kind of like that. So you got Saul and his men on this side. There's a valley. And then David and his men on this side, and they're looking across the valley at each other, right? And so, so like, that's the scene. And, and so they're looking across the valley at each other, and Saul is like, man, I'm going to get you. And David's like, you're not going to get me. And so they're looking at it, and they're like, right there. And, and then, but the problem is, David, as he turns around, he's stuck. He's like at a dead end. He doesn't have a way of escape. And so now, Saul is like, I got him now. He has no way out. And, and I'm talking about a God who can make a way when there seems to be no way. And so just as Saul thought that he had him, right? And just as I thought, oh man, what's going to happen next? Right then, somebody comes riding on a horse. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. King. I'm sorry to tell you, but the Philistines are attacking Israel again. And you need to come home. Saul was like, what? So now the guy that he really wants to get is right in front of him. But his responsibilities are behind him. And Saul did the right thing. And someone was like, Ugh! and so Saul turned around and took off and didn't go forward. And the Bible says that that place where that scene played out is called to this day, Selah Hamakoleth, which is translated the rock of escape. That that place where it all played out, even to this day, is called the rock of escape. It is where there seemed to be no way God made a way. So what does this mean for you Today, when you seem like you have no way out, when it seems like the enemy is about to overtake you and God can still make a way, what does this mean for you today? As we head into this weekend, as we close out this week, I have six things to share with you in this morning. As I share these six things, I want you to, these are quick things. I want you to open up your heart to receive. Six quick things. You ready? Here we go. Number one, there are times, there will be times when a situation gets so bad that you think it's over. Like, I mean, that's it. Like doctor's report, lawyer's report. You know, it could be financial, whatever, the bank. There are going to be times where you think like all, 
hope is gone. Like it's over. Like you're about to lose and you, you, you don't know what to do. You've done all that you can do. You, and, and you think, and you're at the point, I've been there many times where God, if you don't do it, it can't get done. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever been there where you're like, God, I know what you said, but I know what it looks like. And then, but if you don't step in, this is one of those where I've done everything I know how to do. I've done everything I, I can. But if you don't step in, God, then, then I don't know what's going to happen. Failure seems like it's inevitable. But we serve a God. Listen, it's not over until God says it's over. We serve a God. Look look at your, your life. as Think of your life as a chessboard. And God can just move some stuff around. And God reserves the last move for himself. So even when it looks like Satan has you cornered, God re- reserves the last move for himself. One move from God on the chessboard of your life. And he can turn any seemingly hopeless situation around. It's not over till God says it's over. Same and to that. All right. Number two, when it seems like all hope is gone, God can still make a way. You got to remind yourself sometimes that there's nothing too hard for God. You got to remind yourself sometimes that that God is still God, that God still has all power, that God is still on the throne, that, that listen, you might have heard something. You maybe you got a letter in the mail or email or a text message or a phone call. Maybe you got a report from all these other people, but it's not over until you hear the Lord's report. The Bible says, whose report shall we believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. So, so listen, what are you going to believe? You got to, you got to remind yourself of God's almighty power. You got to remind yourself that if God is for you, he's more than the entire world against you. You got to remind yourself that God is still God. And so look to him. You are never hopeless because you are never helpless. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, many believers quit far too soon. Many believers, they just quit. When something gets hard, they quit. Oh man, I don't know. How is it? I don't know. I don't, I'm tired. I mean, forget it. You know, but whenever my wife and I, whenever we get like to this point where we're like the situation is hard. Listen, life is hard sometimes. Get over it. So listen, when the situation is hard and you're frustrated and you're tired and you don't want to deal with it anymore and you're like, you know what? And you're ready to accept defeat. My wife and I, this is what we do. If Isabella's ever ready to accept defeat, I'd be like, hey, come here. What did God say? And, and I make her ask me the same question. If I'm ever there, she'd be like, come here. Come on, babe. What did God say? What did God say is over? Because if God says it's over, move on. Okay, fine. I will accept it and I'll move on. But if God didn't say it, then what am I, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to continue to believe God. I have to believe God. No matter how bad the situation gets, we serve a God who can turn it around just like that. With one move. I mean, that dude on the horse comes and says, hold on, Mr. Saul. Excuse me, Mr. King. You got to go back home. He was like, what? When it, when it seemed like there seemed to be no way on David's side, he didn't know what was going to happen. And God made the enemy just turn around and turn around and flee. I'm saying when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord can raise up a standard. You know what I'm saying? He can raise up a hedge. There's nothing that God can't do. So my question is, what did God say? Yeah, maybe you're tired. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you even want to give up. Maybe you don't want to do this anymore. You don't want to believe God. Okay, fine. My question is, what did God say? Your life is not your own. It's not about you. It's about God. If God didn't say it's over, then you have to keep believing no matter what. If it, if it doesn't look like you're winning, it's because the battle is not over. And it's not, it's not over until you win. Say, it's not over until I win. It's not over until you come out on top. And, and unless God tells you to go, you can't go. You have to keep believing. Say amen to that. Number four, we serve a God who will keep your enemies from succeeding against you. Now, there are going to be people like Saul. 
There, there, there are going to be people that, I mean, there are some conniving people in this world. There are going to be people who rise up their ugly head against you. There will be people uh, 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 who, who will have a plot or a plan or, or a scheme or a scam or a trick or even a hex or a vex or a curse. You know what I'm saying? And they'll come up with all this crazy mess against you, but it doesn't matter. No, no hex, no vex, no scot, no, no scheme, no plot, no plan, no trick of the enemy can succeed against me because if God is for me, he's more than, than the entire world against me. I'm saying there will be. The, the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Doesn't mean that the weapon is not going to be formed. There are going to be weapons formed and there are going to be a lot of people that try to do things. There will be people that don't like you, that don't even know you because you're going somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Because you're doing something. If nobody's talking about you, it's because you're not doing anything. Let me just be clear about this real quick. I'll slide this in for free. If, if your name is not in anyone's mouth, you're not, you're not doing anything of significance in this world. If you are going to be a person of influence and, and you're going to have divine impact on this planet, then there will be some people that like you and there'll be some people that don't like you, but people are going to have an opinion of you. You know why? Because you're doing something. You're working on something because you're going somewhere because God is on you and in you and with you and for you. Say amen to that. All right, number five, don't forget what God has done for you. As a born-again believer, blood-bought believer, you cannot forget. Remember, I told you many times about the importance of altars, how you got to establish some altars so you could look back and remember. That place where that, this thing went down, it's still called the rock of escape to this day. To this day, the people go to that mountain and say, this is where the Lord, that's this, that. You see that mountain? Come here, son. Yes, ma'am. You see that mountain? Mm-hmm. That, that's where the Lord did what he did for David. That place is still called the rock of escape. You got to remind yourself sometimes. Sometimes you got you to gotta trace yourself. You got to remind yourself. You got to be like, you got to preach to yourself. God, I remember. Oh my God. Remember, when you get down, just remind yourself. Wait a minute. When I was three years old, I got hit by a 1975 Lincoln. I'm talking about myself. Lincoln Continental. I had blood coming out of my ears and my nose and my mouth and, and, and I was lifeless and my mother was in a cab and she had just lost her husband and she was about to lose her only son and she grabs me and there's blood all over her and blood all over me and she lifted me up and she said Lord if you will spare my son I give him to you glory I feel it I feel the presence of the Lord and I woke up in that moment and I got to the hospital and they ripped off all my clothes and they take me to the back and they could see the blood on my clothes and they could see the blood on my mother but they couldn't find nothing wrong with me and they come out to my mother and say, what happened? And she told them and they go back and check on me and they come back and ask my mother what happened and she told them and they come back and check on me and they, they said, ma'am, I'm sorry. We can see the blood on you. We can see the blood on him but we can't find no cuts, no bruises, no internal bleeding, nothing wrong whatsoever. They kept me for three days and three nights and they couldn't find nothing wrong with me. Finally, they had to let me go. I'm saying you got to remind yourself you did this and you did that. You did this and you did that. David had to, listen, that place is still called a rock of escape. You want to you wanna be encouraged from time to time? Go down memory lane and remind yourself of all the things that God has done for you. Say amen to that. All right, number six, and finally, as I close, you got to keep saying to yourself, listen, this is what I'll tell you as we close. You got to look back and say thank you. And then you got to look forward and say I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? So you look back at what God said and say thank you. And then look forward and say, I'm ready now. I'm ready. Just like David. David was like, man, I thought 
I was done, but God, you made a way. And David, I know, had to encourage himself many times. You got to look back to say thank you. You got to look forward to say you're ready. Forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come. We serve a God who can make a way out of no way. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. We're going to head into the weekend speaking some stuff over our life. You ready? Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for always being there for me. From the foundations of the world, you destined me for my purpose. I have found my purpose and I am pursuing it with all my might by your grace. I am determined to complete my course and to finish my assignment before I die. Now I know the devil's not going to sit by and watch me do it. <laughs> he will do all that he can to derail me from my destiny. But I also know that you are greater than Satan. While the weapons may be formed, they shall not prosper. Even when it looks like all human hope is gone. I am never hopeless because I am never helpless. You are always with me and your presence gives me peace and hope. My confidence is in you. I know you can make a way where there seems to be no way. So even when it looks like I'm losing, it's only because the fight is not over. I will never lose because I shall not quit. I look back from time to time to say thank you. I look forward and I say I'm ready. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, get my notes, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address there. But listen, I don't know who I was preaching to this morning, but I was preaching to somebody who, who thinks that you were at the point of giving up on something. Like you were like, you know, you, you couldn't see a way out. And God reminded you this morning that we serve a God of escape. Even when the enemy looks like he has you surrounded, it's not over till God says it's over. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can make a river show up in the desert. That's the kind of God that we serve. So leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And go into this weekend knowing that our God is the God who can make a way. Think about that rock of escape and give God praise. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.